Buenos días. Buenos días. My name is, yeah, that's me, Alfredo Rodriguez, pastor of Fuente de Vida, Hispanic Ministry. And it's uh, really an honor for me to be here with you this morning and go over the uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So uh, as we continue with the series, The uh, Transforming Journey, uh, the title for today's message is The Best is Yet to Come. So what I would like to, for you to do is look at the person behind you, next to you, and tell them by name if you know them. Say, Mike, Stephen, the best is yet to come. Come on. You can stand up and tell them the best is yet to come. <clears throat> Okay, that's it. They're, see, they're talking about lunch over here already. No, no, come on, not yet. So, uh, before I start with the, uh, today's chapter, there's something that you should know. But before I even tell you that, I need to pray. Father, thank you for this time, and I pray, Lord, that you will open our hearts and open our ears and our minds so that we can uh, learn a little bit more about what you have for us today, and we can share it to the people outside these four walls so we can continue spreading the gospel and bring people to get to know you. I pray this in your name. Amen. So before I get to today's chapter, there's something that you should know, okay? It's uh, in his letters, Paul writes to the church, to the brothers and sisters, and tells them about their condition or, the, or their position in the past without Christ, and then compares it or makes a distinction to their current position with Christ. So past, no Christ, present with Christ. Let me give you some examples of what I mean. The first one, Ephesians 2, 12, 13. He, he goes, remember that you were at that time when in the past separated from Christ, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, that's the present, in Christ Jesus, you have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. So you get the difference? Without God, without Christ, and with Christ. Uh, the next one, please. And uh, Ephesians chapter 8. Before you were darkness, now you're light in the Lord. Colossians 1.21. We were enemies of, and now we are reconciled. Romans 6, he goes, we were slaves, and now we are free. So uh, we need to see that the transformation that happens from the past to the present, it happens on the inside of us, okay? Romans chapter 12, transformation of the mind. Ezekiel talks about the change of heart. So the transformation is from the inside. So as you can see, Paul is making the distinction between our position in the past to our current position in the present, okay? That's what we just saw. But in today's passage, the Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 through 10, we're going to see that Paul will, Paul will speak to us about the transformation that occurs when we take the journey from the present to the future, okay? It's a big difference. So, he goes, if you really enjoy the change from the past to the present, that is, from being the creation, a, a creation of God, to becoming the son of, uh, a son of God, if that change was good, if it was something beautiful, the transformation that will happen to you when you are taken, when you are taken in the journey from the present to the future 
will be even greater. Why? Because in the present, our body wears out. In the future, our body will be eternal. Now, Paul said, we live in a tent. In the future, we're going to live in a, sorry, in a building not made by hands. Now, our body gets sick, feels pain, but in the future, in our new body, there will be no more pain, no more crying, no more nothing. In other words, Paul wants you to understand that there is something better and greater waiting for you when you come into the presence of the Lord. So, and nothing here in this earth can compare to it. Unfortunately, there's people that have their sight on things of this world. So they look at their tent. They look at the positions they have. They look at the things they have accumulated and say, no, you know what, Paul? What I have here now, it's much, it's much better than what you're offering me. What I have here now is all I need to be happy, to have joy. I rather have the sinful, the, uh, temporary, uh, the, the temporary pleasures of this world than to have what you are offering. Just to give you an example, it's like the young, the, the young rich man, remember? They, he came up to Jesus and said, Master, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Remember that one? So Jesus, after a brief conversation, he tells him, well, you know what? You need to get rid of everything you have. Sell all your possessions, put up a yard sale and sell everything, and just give the money to the poor. And when you do that, then come and follow me. So you know what happened to this young man? Listen, uh, screen. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, imagine this. He's in front of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the only person that could give him what he was asking for, eternal life. And yet, he decided to have whatever he accumulated and give his back to Jesus. Now, don't be too hard in judging this man, because many people today do the same. Okay? Um, many people today do the same. They come before Jesus, the only one that can give him peace, joy, hope, and salvation. And yet, people today still prefer to continue living with the temporary pressures of life, ignoring the treasures that we have in heaven. So, I forgot to set my time to an hour and 45 minutes. And it starts right now, okay? <laughs> so. so in the second half of chapter 4, that's what you guys saw last, last week, Paul says that in this world, we're going to have problems. We're going to have tribulations, persecution. Three times in the last half of chapter 4, he mentions the word death, remember? And in verse 16, he says, well, this body is... Wasting away. It deteriorates. Little by little, it's getting weaker and weaker. Okay? Now, in chapter 5, that what we're going to talk today, uh, Paul would teach us that despite everything that happened 
everything that go, was going on, he said, Paul said, you know what? I never gave up. I always continue one step at a time, but every day going forward. I never, regardless of what was going on, because if you, if you read Paul's uh, letters, uh, he didn't have a good time most of the time. So regardless of what's going on, Paul said, I never wanted to go back and live under the law. I never wanted to go back and start persecuting Christians again. Why? Because Paul knew that there was something much better waiting for him in Jesus in the future when he will be with him. So he didn't want to change regardless of the condition that, he was, that, that was uh, going on. He said, there's something better waiting for me uh, with Jesus. So he knew the best was yet to come. So listen how he starts 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, okay? For we know, and I'm going to spend about 20 minutes just on these three letters. <laughs> I'm just, for we know. So Paul's saying here, you know what? What I'm going to tell you next, it's not a perhaps. It's not a maybe. I'm not letting my imagination run wild. What I'm going to tell you next is something that you should already know and, be, and you are sure that it's going to happen. So you shouldn't have any doubts that what I'm about to tell you, it's going to happen. And what is that? Well, he goes, that if the tent, that is our early home, it's destroyed, guess what? So what Paul is saying here, basically, Paul is comparing our body with the tent. You see that? You see that? Now, how many of you guys here like to go camping? Yeah, camping is fun, relaxing. Uh, you, can, you get to enjoy friends. You get to spend time with nature. Uh, it's good for the first 45 minutes. <laughs> and then, and then you, you, you miss, you, you, you kind of want to go back to your house, correct? Because you, you, you miss your bed, you want to go back to your own bed, uh, watching your big screen TV or taking a nice hot shower. So imagine living in a tent for a month or for a year. How about 10 years? Well, according to Paul, I've been living in this tent made in Tijuana, okay, <laughs> for the last 45 years, uh, 55 for the last 55 years, I've been living inside this tent. And you know what? It's not getting, a, it's not as flexible, as strong as flexible as it used to be. I mean, it's getting wider and fatter, but that's about it. So, so what's the good news, Paul? Why should, we, why should we be glad and happy that the future, there's something better for us within the future? What's the good news? So he continues saying, that we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal, where? In the heavens, in the heavens. So basically he's saying, living this tent will not be the end, but rather the beginning of an eternity with Jesus. He mentions that in uh, verse 8. We will rather be away from the body, from this tent, and at home with the Lord. So let me tell you something. God did not give us this body, this thing, to use it forever. It's not eternal, okay? Uh, it's gonna, sooner or later, it's gonna break down. But one day, we will receive the new clothing 
that God has prepared for each one of us. Why? Because this body, the way it is right now, is, is not able to go to heaven. I cannot go to heaven in this tent, in this body. Let me show you. 1 Corinthians 15:50. Uh, I tell you, brothers, and to make it politically correct, and sisters, flesh and blood cannot inherit what? The kingdom of God. Okay, that's what he's saying here. That's why God has prepared us a new garment for the day that when we are called into his presence, uh, we, we, for, so that we could be able to be in his presence when he called us to be with him. There's a new garment. We're going to leave this tent here. Uh, listen to what he says next. Second Corinthians. We're getting... Uh, for in this tent, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed, by putting it on, we have not, will not be found naked. Now, do you get what Paul is saying here? Do you, do you get what Paul is saying here, right? Listen. Nobody knows what the eternal house or our eternal building will be like. Nobody has seen it, okay? Nobody knows how we're going to be clothed. Nobody knows. However, Paul says that even so, even so we don't know what's, what's, how we're going to look in heaven, we here implore, we wish to have the heavenly body right now, okay? And he goes on saying, that's why he told the Philippians, for me to live is Christ, and to die it's gain. So, speaking about the tent, do you know that just like God had prepared a new body for, has a new body for us when we go to heaven, when we go from earth to heaven, he, there's a new body for us. Do you know that he did the same for Jesus for when he came from heaven to earth? Exactly the same. Let me show you. When we are transferring, when we go to heaven, we'll be, we'll be transferring from a tent to a heavenly home. Jesus, when he came, he transferred from a heavenly home to a tent. Let me show you. Hebrews chapter 5. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. So he got a tent. Okay? Now, so Jesus had to divest himself of his perfect body, his glorified body, and put a tent and imperfect body just to be here with us. Okay? That's why he told the Philippians, Philippians 2 7. But Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. Now, just reading, reading this shall make us appreciate the great love of uh, God for us. Now, listen, God, he left everything he had. He left his glory. He left his riches. He left his, he left his heavenly uh, body just to come into this world and have a relationship with us and give us eternal life. Now, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great that he left everything just to be here so that one day you could be up there with him? 
So basically, that's what he came and did. Now, listen, speaking about the uh, transformation that Jesus went through from a heavenly body to a tent, listen to what uh, the Apostle John says. I'm going to. John 1 14, and the word, that's Christ, was made flesh and dwelt on us. Now, when you see the word dwelt, in the original language, it's, a, it's the eskino. Uh, eskino means camp, tent. So basically, Jesus came into this world and camped or tented with us. For 33 years, he put up a tent. He left his heavenly body and put up a tent and, and live in a tent like every human. Except Hebrews 14 tells us that without sin, okay? But there's a question. A question uh, uh, there's a question. Why is Paul so sure that the best is yet to come? Why is he so confident that God will keep his promise well, let's continue reading. He says, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. So God has prepared us for that transferring that we're going to do. Who has given us the spirit as a what? As a guarantee. A guarantee that he will fulfill all of his promises. And each one of you who have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior... And have accepted him in your heart, you have this guarantee. Okay? When did that happen? When did the spirit came up, came into you? He goes, When you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of the promise. So you see what Paul what Paul is saying here? So now he says. When Jesus promised to be with you every day, do you know that he really is with us? That regardless of what happened in your life, Jesus uh, is, uh, God is with us every single time, 24-7, every day, 365 days a year, he's actually with us. That no matter how you, what is going on or what's going on in your surroundings, you might not see God. You see, how can he be here in this tribulation, in this problem? But God is there with you all the time. He will never leave you alone. And that's a promise that he gave us, okay? And we need to make, and we need to make sure that we have faith that he's there. It's like uh, when, Paul was in, was in, uh, when Paul was taken to the uh, uh, by court, and he goes, all my friends left me. The one went this way, the other one ran away. But Jesus was with me every single moment. So that's a promise that we all need to treasure, that God is there. And if he said it, he's, I mean, he's, uh, he will be with us every single time. Another promise is that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You know what? And he does. When life hits you hard and you feel finished, discouraged, depressed, rejected, you know that God is always there to lift you up? And you know, I have, I have experienced that in my life. Because you heard the missionary, we feel discouraged. Oh no, pastors don't feel, yes we do. And you are allowed to feel discouraged as well. 
But we need to have the confidence that God is there. And when, I, when that happened to me, I, God always comes up to me and say, well, oh, he doesn't say, hey, Pastor Alfredo, what are you doing? Come on, you're the pastor. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't have this feeling. He doesn't call me by my title. He calls me my son. Hijito, come, give me your hand. I'll lift you up. And every time, every time, he never fails. He always lifts me up and gives me the strength to keep going, to keep moving one step at a time. He gets me this, he gets, I get the strength out of my weakness when God is there. So uh, don't ever doubt that God is, uh, is, not, is not fulfilling his promises, okay? So knowing that he's there all the time, Paul continues saying, so we are always in good courage. Yeah, of course, knowing that he is right there with us. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are always away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. What does walking by faith look like to you? Well, I'm glad you asked. The book of Hebrews gives us a list of people who live by faith and not by sight. He goes, by faith, Noah built an ark when a flood had never been seen. By faith, Abraham left his land and crossed the desert with his people and guided them towards the promised land. By faith, Moses crossed the red... No, that was... Sorry. Moses is the one that guided the people, okay? <laughs> Great. <laughs> by faith, Abraham left his land without knowing where he was going. And by faith, Moses crossed the Red Sea and guided the people through the desert. By faith, kingdoms were conquered. Strength was drawn from weakness. By faith, enforced uh, justice. Now, my question to you is, what will you do by faith this week, today? What will you do by faith this month? Perhaps by faith you need to take your first step to fix a broken relationship that is hurting you. Perhaps by faith you need to have the courage to do what you've been putting off because of fear. Might be uh, going to to the doctor. You don't want to go because you're, you have fear of what the results might tell you. By fear, by, sorry, by faith, you know that you can move mountains? But that's what, what the word said. And right now, there might be a mountain between you and your wife that needs to be moved for you to be able to have a good relationship. There might be a mountain between you and your son or your daughter that you're not willing to move because of uh, they need to move it first, or they need to do something. But the word said, by faith, you can move that mountain and restart that relationship with your family. So by faith, that we can do mountains. So what will you do by faith this week? We need to put our faith to work. Because James 2, 17 says, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? It's dead. So Paul goes on, on to say, continue with uh, first, Second Corinthians 5.9. So whether we are at home or away, 
we make it we make it our aim to please him for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body whether good or evil now you need to, I need to make this clear Paul is not saying that our salvation depends on that okay you need to get that clear so he's not saying that our salvation depends on the outcome of the judgment seat of Christ we are saved because of the sacrifice that Christ, Christ did on the cross for us, paying for our sins, having our, putting our faith in Him. That's how, we, that's how we are saved. So I have faith that the blood of Jesus cleanses, uh, cleanses us from all our sins. So God gives us salvation by grace. It is a gift by faith, not through uh, not through uh, good works. So there's a big difference, okay? So while salvation is a gift, there are rewards given for faithfulness in the Christian life. So at the judgment seat of Christ, we will receive the rewards for all the good things, all the good deeds we have done in this world while we were in this tent. Look at the instructions that Paul gives to Titus. He goes, hey, Titus, show yourself in all respect to be a model of good works. And in your teachings, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an, an opponent may not put you to shame, having nothing evil to say about you. So Paul says, the way you live the things you do today, the way you speak, not only affects your present, but it also your future when you're in the presence of God uh, to receive the rewards that he has for you. So let me tell you, the day will come when every Christian will be in the presence of the Lord. Sooner or later, each one of you here, there are Christians, will be in the presence of the Lord. And he will have in his hand a list of all the works that you have done while in this earth. My question is, how many of the things that you have done will, be, will receive uh, uh, a reward? And how many, because he's going to pass him through fire, how many of them will turn into ashes or nothing? Just go back and think of the things, uh, everything that you have done and say, and how many of them? were just useless, unfruitful. I don't know about you, but when I'm before our Lord, I would like to put my both, I would like to have both hands ready for all the rewards that He has for me. And I want to hear, I would like to, I would like to hear him say, you know, Alfredo, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you up I will set you over, over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Wouldn't you like to hear that as well? The Bible says that everything has its time. Sooner or later, the time will come for all of us to leave this tent. Sooner or later, 
as I say, the clock will, will um, strike the final second. But for believers, there's a promise that the best is yet to come. Jesus said, In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. So there's a day where you're going to trade in this useless tent that is deteriorating, that will be no good, and you're going to trade it in for a heavenly body. Wouldn't that be, isn't that one of the best news that we have, that the best is yet to come? So, and just like Jesus, so we're going to go to heaven, and just like Jesus came to this earth to be like us, we're going to go to heaven and be like him. Now listen to 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet uh, appeared. But we know, remember the first word that Paul said, uh, this we know, it's the same thing. But we know, we are sure that when he appears, we should be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Well, that's the promise that for all believers, for those who have uh, accepted Jesus in their heart as Lord and Savior. But let me tell you something else. Uh, if you haven't done it, there's something very important that you need to know. Is that if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, the heavenly house, the heavenly home that we have, uh, the, the new dwellings, those has been prepared for those, for Christians, for Christians only, for people that have been saved. They have put their faith in Jesus. Why? Because Jesus said it, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes through the Father if not, oh, I have it here? Nope. And no one comes through the Father if not through me. So if you haven't taken that step, if you still... Uh, a creation of God, and you want to move into being a son of God, I invite you today to put your faith in, in, in Jesus Christ. So you can now be move from darkness to light, from slave to being free, to being an enemy of God, to having a relationship with Him. So I invite you to... It's an invitation for you to have hope, regardless of what happens uh, in your surroundings, knowing that the best is yet to come. So you need to put I your faith. I didn't understand that. If you didn't understand that, they <laughs> neither. So I need to say it again. So. <laughs> Open your Bible to Second Corinthians. We're going to do it again because she didn't understand. Yeah. Good timing, huh? Okay, you need to put your faith in Jesus Christ because how you do that, uh, sorry, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raises him from the dead, you will be what? You will be saved. Trinity Church family, I really pray for each one of you that the best is yet to come, that the best is yet to come in your marriage the relationship with your family, uh, 
The best is yet to come uh, the relationship with your parents. I pray that, the, I know that the best is yet to come for your church, for my church, for Trinity Church. That regardless of what, what, uh, what you see, God is working through all of it. And one day he's going to show us, you see, I'm glad you waited because the best is not to come. The best is here. He's going to say the best is, the, the best is, the best is, has arrived. So let's pray and um, so we can close this message. Father, we thank you that, that we have the promise in you. That we're gonna, we're not gonna be here forever. That there's, there's gonna be a transformation for us, a better one, a, a something unimaginable. That one day we'll, we'll be in your presence, and we'll have that heavenly body that you have prepared for us. We know, Lord, that the best is yet to come in my life, in my family, and the things that I do for you. So I pray that uh, you will guide us. You will. Teach us, and you will, yes, give us the strength to keep moving forward, uh, regardless of this, the, the things that we see on, on, in our surroundings. So I pray for my family here at Trinity Church. I pray that you will also be with them and give them the strength that they need, and they always live their life, uh, the life that we've been called to live in your name. Gracias te damos por todo. Amen. Muchas gracias, que Dios me los bendiga.